This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, except they're far better for you. Just one bar has between 130 and 180 calories, 19 grams of protein, and between 3 and 7 grams of sugar. And you can capitalize on this by using our code BIGSHOTS, all one word, for your next Built Bar purchase to get 10% off. Built Bar, join the team. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Renishin, joined as always by my colleague over at Blue Chip Scouting, the best co-host in the business, Devin Jackson. Devin, how are you doing today, man? Pretty good, man. Uh, closing in on the Senior Bowl. You know, we talked a little bit about it uh, on Monday's show, but we're almost there, man. Uh, about, what, four or five days away now, so uh, ready to do some full, full-on coverage and you know, this really officially kicks off draft season for sure, you know, and gets us ready to start, uh, you know, following those reports and, and making those mock drafts, man. So excited that we're here and that we're almost to, you know, we're getting closer and closer to the draft, really. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's kind of what today's uh, show is. If you clicked on this, you know that we're going to be reviewing, or sorry, previewing the positions. Uh, Devin and I are both responsible uh, in terms of coverage next week in scouting the off-the-line positions. We're going to go through both of those. But first, I just kind of, you know, we recorded last on Monday, right before the declaration deadline. A few guys uh, decided uh, to, to, you know, throw their name in the hat. A few guys that we weren't expecting to, to go back did, in fact, go back. Um, you know, for for me, Abraham uh, Lucas, the offensive tackle out of Washington State, I would have been surprised if he did come out. It was impossible trying to find anything on him because he doesn't have social media. But no, he is listed as going back to Washington State, as is, I believe at this point, point. again, I haven't heard anything, so I'm assuming if I haven't heard anything, he's going back. And that would be C.J. Burdell, the Oregon running back. Again, he fought injuries. The offensive line wasn't as good, projected to be a lot better next year, full season. Really think that it's probably a smart move for for Verdell to go back. The one that none of us saw coming, Devin, though, was Chris Olave going back. Yep, CO2, man. Uh, I was not expecting that at all because he's a top five receiver for me. Uh, He's at least top six, top seven on most boards, so... And he's going to come out with Garrett Wilson, his teammate, who is probably a better, higher ceiling receiver than he is. So, man, uh, Ryan Day, got to give him credit for convincing him to come back and, you know, saying maybe you go higher, you know. But the crop of next year's class, man, it's going to be tough. He's, he's going to probably be in a similar situation where he's not exactly those first tier guys, but, you know, he's still in the mix. But. I was very surprised by that. We thought all for sure he was gone. He was gone. Yeah, uh, but that's going to make a very interesting. Just have fun uh, trying to defend Ohio State again next year. It just seems to be how it is. Uh, but other than that, there, it was really kind of a dull day for declarations. There was they weren't coming as quickly as we thought. Um, so. Why don't we dig into these offensive linemen that we're going to be watching next week? Let's do it. All right. So I got stuck with the national team, which that one's the one coached by the Dolphins, correct? I've been getting this confused all week. 
I'm pretty sure it is. I'll check real quick to make sure, but um, I'm pretty sure that the national team is indeed the uh, Miami Dolphins coach team. Let's see here. Uh, that doesn't tell me anything. Um, <laughs> I went to the website and, you know, it's just... <laughs> Where do you just, think I am right now, man? Yeah. Where do you think I uh, am? Well, let me go back uh, to geez. just Nagy's page. What? Tell, read me some of the players that's on uh, National. Uh, Like just at any position? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll give you the quarterbacks. You had Ian Book, Felipe Frank, Sam Ellinger. That's just a factory of sadness. <laughs> yeah, that is the Miami Dolphins. All right. So the Dolphins get to work with this group. And again, the Dolphins are a team that definitely needs offensive line. It's a good thing this is an offensive line heavy class because both of these teams need help at that position. So there are a couple of guys that I haven't gotten around to yet. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, on this list, starting with the probably biggest sleeper heading into this week, I would say, in uh, Quinn Miners out of Wisconsin-Whitewater. It, leave it to the Senior Bowl to have some Division three kid at offensive line that's probably going to stand out in a major way, be it Ali Marpet. There was Ben Barch last year. I'm going to say that was one couple years ago as well, in between Marpet and, and him. But I seem to be drawing a blank. Um, you know, some some big names, though. Um, Robert Hainsey out of Notre Dame. Notre Dame, uh, they're going to send four offensive linemen to the NFL this year. Uh, two of them are at this game. Liam Eichenberg is, I believe, not in this one, right? No, he's not a senior bowl. But uh, they've got both of their guards in uh, Haney... Sorry, Hainsey and Aaron Banks. I'm going to talk about uh, Banks because he's the one I'm more familiar with. This kid's a road grader, man. Jeez, um, he might be one of the best power guards in this class. You talk about Deontay Brown in terms of just being a massive human being. Um, Banks is a lot smaller, probably around like 330. I would say maybe just a tad bit less powerful than, than Deontay Brown. That's scary strength coming at guard. Um I don't know if you've gotten a chance to take a look at him, Devin. Uh, uh, I have. I've seen a little bit of Banks because I've watched uh, both the Alabama uh, national the the semifinal game against Bama, as well as uh, I watched some of the, his Florida State tape as well. But yeah, he he absolutely destroys people. Uh, big time run blocker, someone that will certainly go higher than what the consensus has on him, I think, in the draft. And, you know, a lot of attention has gotten to Eichenberg, but Banks must might be the best overall lineman on on that uh on that line from kind of their group. So Banks is someone that can make a lot of money and, and the Dolphins should certainly have uh on their uh draft board to help in build that interior. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he caught my attention in the national title game. He declared, or it's not the national title game. I, I did the same mistake that you just did, uh, the semifinal against Bama. And then he declared, and I was, went back, watched some of his tape, and oh man, I honestly think that like round two, maybe, maybe he makes it to round three. But this kid is so good. Um, the one that I'm intrigued about this week the most, personally, has got to be Creed Humphrey. This is, I feel like with Creed Humphrey, 
we're basically experiencing Tyler Biotish all over again. And what I mean by that is, like, Biotish, when he was a redshirt sophomore, everyone thought that he could have come out and been a first-round pick. And then he returned for the next year, and it just wasn't as good. And I believe he fell to, like, the fifth, if I'm not mistaken. Humphrey, again, came in consensus, like, top one or top two interior offensive lineman this year and just didn't do as well. His tape this year, not as strong. He went from, I believe, you know, he was top three, on, you know, for me at the position entering the season. Now he's at, like, I, I want to say he's sixth at the position. Take my look at Yeah, he's sixth uh, for me. And I just, I can't get behind him the way I would want to. I just think that he, he allowed a little bit more more pressure, didn't look as fluid in his movement, just an all-around kind of down year for him. I'm hoping for a big week for him to kind of, you know, rejuvenate some of his stock. Um, you know, two guys that are going to need really big weeks this week are Spencer Brown and Dylan Radins uh, from Northern Iowa and North Dakota State, respectively, because, simply put, they didn't have a season this year. Uh, Spencer Brown, you cannot miss him. This dude's like six foot ten. Um and I liked his tape. I went back and I watched uh, 2019. And the big takeaway with Spencer Brown is because he's so massive, his anchor can be very inconsistent because it's hard to get down and you know uh, get adequate leverage when you're six foot ten and you can be about six inches taller than the guy that you're taking on the blocks of. Dylan Radins. I know some people coming into the year had him as early as, uh, had him as high as a potential top ten pick. I was hearing that a lot over the summer. I never really believed uh, in him that much. Uh, he currently comes in at offensive tackle eight for me. Again, solid, but not, not spectacular. Just doesn't really blow you away with any particular trait. Just a, I, I think he's going to be kind of a, you know, a, a starter caliber offensive tackle in time, but like, it's got to be the right fit. He's got to have a good offensive line coach that can kind of, you know, coach him up a bit. Otherwise, we may be looking at a guy that his ceiling is as a swing tackle. Um, and then, yeah, I think the, the the last two that I've watched on here that I really want to talk about are uh, Brendan James from Nebraska. Uh, it was hard to find anything redeeming in Nebraska film this year. It's been hard to watch Nebraska for about a decade now. <laughs> <laughs> it has, I'm not going to lie. But James, you know, solid. Again, not someone that you're going to be able to draft and plug and play. He's going to start off as maybe, a, a you know, a developmental piece or a swing tackle. Um, you know, decent enough athlete. I think he's uh, a lot better in pass protection than in the run game. Has a little bit, oddly enough, of like Sadiq Charles to him which is a, a bizarre you know, uh, comparison. I don't know if he was quite ready to declare this year, but I do think that you know if you're looking for a depth piece on the offensive line with some position versatility, James in like round five, you can't really go wrong with that one. And then Jake Curran, just because he's from my California Golden Bears, uh, we can enter him in the Walker Little tier of offensive linemen. which you would think sounds pretty good, but it's actually not. Uh, listen... His uh, his form is it it comes and goes. He's not overly strong, and he's also not that great of an athlete. Which to me, I feel like he's just going to be a career bench piece. 
like a career depth piece, maybe a spot starter if an, you know an injury. His his upside is as a future swing tackle. I'm not gonna lie, people don't know, but I was cracking up when you you brought up Walker Little Little's name because we know how much you despise him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, looking at the group overall, like you said, they're highlighted by Randuns, Brown, and Banks. Um, those will be the three guys I think. And Hudson, he's been getting some major buzz lately. Hudson as well. Cincinnati's team is any any Cincinnati player that plays in any of these games, it, they're going to impress. Like James Wiggins, he's going to be in the game. He's one of my guys. Uh, I think he's going to have a big week. Uh, but getting back to the offensive line, like you said, we're both covering the offensive line, uh, which is ironic. You know, usually I would have thought we both had something completely different, but uh, no complaints from me because I have plenty of guys uh, on the American team, the Carolina Panthers coach team that I like and, and I think could be really, really good for uh, you know, a team that's picking, especially day two and day three. A lot of these guys will probably go day two, day three, even though it's been some first round buzz from Alex Leatherwood, um, as well as, uh, Trey Smith earlier in the season. But, uh, looking at the group and taking the deeper dives, so we can start with Leatherwood. Uh, he's one of those guys that will probably be a swing guy between guard and tackle, really depending on what a team needs. I think he'll probably move down the guard. He doesn't necessarily have the length uh, and, and movement skills that you cover in, in a left tackle, especially because uh, that's what he played this season. But he's still a really good football player. And, you know, he's going to have to uh, answer some questions on whether or not he'll be a tackle at the next level. So it'll be a big week for him to prove that he can indeed be a left tackle and, and could be one of the future for a team. Uh, Dan Moore Jr., someone I just took a look at last night from Texas A&M. Uh, he is probably going to be a guard, too. Uh, and I'm I'm not trying to be that guy that's like, move all tackles to guard. But when I watched him, uh, he's a really solid run blocker. No, everyone is a guard, Devin. Everyone is a guard. My bad. Shout out to my boy, Dante Calinelli. Uh, yeah, back to what I was saying about Dan Moore, though. Um. Really, has, he, he packs a really nice punch. Uh, someone that can get out there on, on those those sweeps and uh, pulling, you know, uh, from the opposite side of the formation. But I do worry about his ability to handle bendy, bendier pass rushers with uh, quick first steps. I think he struggles uh, maintaining his leverage and base, especially uh, going up against guys that can uh, bully their way to the quarterback. Uh, he still only gave up two sacks in, in 2020, uh, which is pretty impressive. But I honestly don't see him being a starting left tackle in the league at the next level. Uh, and he's probably going to be a rotational guy. I don't think he's going to be an immediate starter either. So that's someone that uh, I would look out for to probably turn a few heads, especially people who haven't turned on the tape. Texas A&M has have us, had one of the best offensive lines in the country this season. So they have a lot of guys that will uh, be uh, future, you know, second, third rounders over the next couple of seasons. So A&M is building something good there under Jimbo Fisher. So uh, Dan Moore is, is another product of that. Trey Smith, we know how dominant he is in the run game, uh, has some issues uh, handling, you know, uh, bull rushes at times, uh, gets his hands outside of the, the body frame of, of defenders. 
Um, but generally speaking, he is a mover. He'll truck you, uh, and he'll pancake you. Pretty much all those three things there from Trey Smith. But I'm, I was impressed with his tape. You know, Tennessee had a down season, but he has been a constant. Uh, his counterpart, Kate Mays, has not been as good as advertised. So, uh, I just wanted to note that real quick, but Trey Smith is, is someone that will definitely solidify a day two pick uh, come the draft in a few months. David Moore is probably the biggest name uh, that I need people to to know and learn about. Uh, Grambling State uh, left guard, someone that I've liked since the summer when I, I did a deep, deep dive on some of the HBCU prospects. He has all the power, the, the uh, movement ability, uh, someone that can uh, pull out, go do whatever you need him to do as a guard. You know, uh, pulling, uh, trap blocks, whatever you need, he can do. And he uh, makes defenders look silly in the open field. He throws people in the pot in in the pocket. There was one play that I was watching of him where he simply threw the defender halfway across the field just because. So he's someone that. I think will people will learn a lot more about during these practices. And I think he out of all everyone in this group of the American and probably the offensive line group, he's probably the one that can uh, make the the biggest jump. And you got possibly. like you got all of the best offensive linemen in this class. Oh, it's yes. Like, I know. Holy crap. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm incredibly jealous. Yeah, I I don't know how I lucked out with that one, but you, I got like all of the potential or traits guys. Yeah, I I got straight up movers because right after David Moore, I got my guy Drake Jackson. Listen, folks, his biggest thing is going to be length. Uh, he doesn't have the length to handle some of those long armed uh, defensive linemen. I think that's going to be a big issue for him uh, moving to the next level. But in terms of IQ, uh, power, anchor, he has it all. He can handle pretty much anything you throw at him, twist. He's communicating constantly with his offensive linemen. Uh, in Kentucky, man, we, me and you both know how good they, they are. You got Darian, Kennard, oh, yeah. uh, uh, Landon He's back Young. next year. Kennard's yeah. back. He, he could be a pot- uh, potential top pick. Um, Landon Young, someone else that's really good as well. So th- this group, uh, that group of uh, offensive linemen at Kentucky, very impressive. Drake Jackson, uh, I actually did a breakdown piece of him uh, back in, I believe, October or November. That's on bluechipscouting.com uh, if you guys want to go take a look at it. But Drake Jackson is someone that uh, I really like. And I will want on my team. So I would not be surprised if Carolina or Miami decides to pick him in the third or fourth round. And he's a plug and play starter because he, he's someone that can start immediately. There's no question about it. Um, he's going to have to overcome some size issues, but uh, someone I really like. I don't know if you, you've taken a chance to, to look at him or anything like that. Sorry, which player? Drake Jackson. Oh, yeah. You know I love Drake Jackson. You know I love Drake Jackson. Top 100 pick, Drake Jackson. Have him ahead of one of the more notable players on your roster, Drake Jackson. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. Someone I'm surprised you didn't mention. 
Oh, I'm I'm just I'm just getting started. I'm about to hit my <laughs> neck the the next one. Uh I'll start with Alaric Jackson. Um probably not a a left tackle uh at the next level. Uh or Might does he play right guard. tackle? No, he's left tackle. He's left I'm just just making sure. But yeah, he's gonna be probably someone that, that dips in, uh probably does a little bit of tackle and guard. Uh he has some ability to play tackle, but like I said, uh, like some other guys that play tackle, they have is- he has issues with bendier, uh, faster edge rushers. Pay had a field day in 2019 against Iowa, and I remember that game dist- distinctively. It's back when me and you covered the Big Ten exclusively. Uh, that was about as painful a game as there is. <laughs> but um, yeah, he played better this year. He did. Yeah, he he improved significantly from that point. He was also just coming back from a knee injury, so he was certainly rusty. And, and Quiddy Pay definitely took advantage of that. Um, but you know, Allery Jackson is a, a solid player. Uh, probably someone that goes on day three, I think, maybe late day two if he has a really good Senior Bowl week. But probably a day three player, and you're gonna draft him to probably be kind of a, a Swiss army knife where he can play both guard and tackle. So he's someone that can probably just cement his, his ability this week, but I wouldn't expect too big of things from him in, in terms of uh, proving that he'd be a left tackle in um, the NFL. So that's just kind of my thoughts on him. Uh, I'll do a few more here. Uh, I'll let you talk about Deontay Smith because I haven't watched any of them. Did you mean Deontay Brown? Deontay Smith. Oh, Deontay Smith. Sorry. Don, is it Dante Smith or Deontay, Deontay Smith? Sorry, because you also have Deontay Brown. I know. It's, so it's I got confusing. confused. Uh, Deontay Smith, the offensive, uh, he played offensive tackle at East Carolina. Uh, he's probably going to be a guard at the next level. I know, I know, make every offensive tackle a guard. But Deontay Smith is about 6'3". Uh, I heard he's bulked up to about 315, 320. That's your prototypical guard type size. Um you know, just an absolute mauler, though. Uh, one of the few bright spots on a, frankly, horror-awful East Carolina team. And that's me putting it in the nicest way I possibly can. Um, just, I mean, listen, I think he's going to start off, he's not ready to start right away. I don't think anyone's going to be able to look at Deontay Smith and go that, you know, hey, I can draft him in round three, feel comfortable with him, and, and, and start him out there on day one. I think you're probably looking at him on... You know, round four, maybe even into round five, you can kind of rest, you know, not rest him, but like, um, you know, just focus in on, on developing him. And then in a year or two, you might have a very high level interior offensive lineman. Um, he kind of, in a way, he's a lot smaller. But remember Michael Unwenu from uh, from Michigan last year? Yep. Kind of that similar type of uh, you know, player where, you know, the Patriots got him as a UDFA, but because they have one of the best offensive line, you know, uh, development plans, he was able to start right away and played phenomenally. Also, uh, if you want to go more size-wise, a little bit of a shorter Ben Bredesen, who was around the same size uh, in terms of weight, but I believe Bredesen was about six five, whereas again Smith about six three. Yeah, a lot of these guys seem to be like good right- athlete too. I won't say that too. Good athlete. Yeah, a lot of these guys seem to be right on that cusp of being a tackle size. Like they're like six three, six four, six two. So uh that's what I'm saying. Like 
I don't I don't want to be that guy is like, yeah, move him to guard, move him to guard. But some of these guys just cannot play guard, uh, tackle at the next level. They will get exposed heavily. Um, but moving along with some of the other guys that I want to highlight, I watch uh, Royce Newman, the right tackle from Ole Miss. I think he's probably going to be a guard, too, as well. Uh, but he's big as hell, uh, really can move people in the run game, plays with an edge. Uh, someone that I, I really liked uh, watching his film, really didn't give up too many sacks. He had a really nice rep. Uh, I believe two reps he had uh, were really nice against Christian Barmore uh, when he was able to counter some of his moves and, and just in general stay in front of him. So uh, I was impressed with his tape. Uh, I think probably move him to guard as well but he's someone that if need be if you really need someone to play tackle i think he can can fit that kind of uh role where he plays both positions so i i like him as well i think he'll have an a pretty solid week in mobile couple couple more names uh i i watched ben cleveland uh he's pretty I good haven't gotten to him yet. i'm excited he's pretty good uh i, I watched him over the summer and watch some of his games from this season. Uh, really good interior offensive lineman. Um, someone that could probably plug and play. Georgia had a pretty impressive offensive line this year, but uh, Ben Cleveland is someone that I really like while watching him. I think uh, he's a really good mover in the run game, a solid in pass protection. So I think he'll be just fine in Mobile. Uh, Deontay Brown. Now, he is massive, like you alluded to earlier, 6'5", 350 pounds. Um, and he has some issues early on in his career about cutting some weight. So he's you got a little bit of weight issues with him, uh, but he played okay this year. He played, I, I kind of like this take, kind of didn't. Um you know, it's kind of hit or miss for me, but he he brings a lot of versatility. He played a ton of uh, snaps guard at both guard positions. I believe he played tackle for some plays as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't watched too too much of him, so I want to make too many judgments. But I'll let you talk more about him. I think you've you've watched him. Absolute hoss in the run game. Now, you know, solid in in the pass game. Obviously, you don't want someone that size moving backwards. You want them with a lot of momentum going forward. It's going to be a power, uh, you know, power run game type, you know, uh, interior offensive lineman. I would look for a team possibly like the Atlanta Falcons to to look at them on day two. Again, Im- implementing uh, the Arthur Smith um, uh, scheme that they're going to use. Also, you know, maybe a scheme like San Francisco as well. If they need help on the interior offensive line, again, you can't really go wrong if you emphasize the run game in your offense at, you know, more than like a 40% clip and getting Deontay Brown. Again, he's going to be, you know, you have to worry about conditioning with him because when you're 350, it's hard to to, to keep going for that long. But if you can kind of get him to drop some of that weight, get down to around 335, 340, and just kind of clean up some of his pass protection flaws, you're going to have very good guard at the next level. There you go, folks. Uh, like I said, I definitely want to at least get two, three games of tape in on of him before the weekend is out and before the senior bowl starts. But a lot of these guys have actually sat down and watched him. So uh, definitely caught up in that aspect. And the final player that we'll highlight, Jack Anderson from Texas Tech, 
Now, Texas Tech is not exactly um, buzzing with prospects at this point. No, they uh, are but, not. But Anderson brings a lot of experience to the guard position, played a majority of his time at right guard. Missed, uh, he only played three games in 2019 uh, before he missed the rest of the season with injury. Uh, so there may be some durability concerns. But in terms of pass protection, he is about as good as it, as it comes. You know, he does a really nice job. Uh, Standing in his anchor, especially uh, on on those deeper pass drops by the quarterback, uh, not someone that uh, allows too much pressure. And he's just one of those guys that flies under the radar because it is the Big 12. Defense isn't exactly premium in the Big 12. And he doesn't play, uh, you know, some of those massive defensive linemen that uh, the SEC or the Big 10 sees on a day to day basis. But he's still really solid. Uh, someone I, I liked on tape. And in the summer, um, I think that he's going to be someone that, you know, people kind of dismiss. You see Texas Tech is not exactly, you know, like I said, buzzing with prospects. But I think he's someone that can really impress and uh, really hold it down at the right guard position. So I, I fully expect him to have a good week. Um, Need some work in a run game uh, at times, um, you know, stands way too tall and, and doesn't get much movement. On, on some plays, but in terms of pass protection, he's he's probably one of the best guards uh, in in Mobile in terms of pass protection. Yeah, for sure. As you can tell, Devin and I are very excited to cover this this offensive line class. It is just it's really deep, and again, the fact that there's some guys for both of us that we haven't really uh, you know dove into in terms of just how uh, you know it, it you know either in great detail diving into their, their film, or in case of me with the national team, there are some guys I haven't looked at at all. So very interested in that. Now, one thing, because, again, probably won't talk to, you know, see you guys until the uh, the Senior Bowl has kicked off. Devin, regardless of position, regardless of team, which player do you think is going to make the most money for themselves at – down in Mobile. Oh man, let me pull up the Senior Bowl roster real quick. Uh, I already know mine. You you go you go ahead and go first, it's man. Dwayne Eskridge, baby. Let's go. Of All course, right. I, I don't know why I didn't even think of that off the bat. <laughs> We've been talking about him the last four days in the Blue Chip Scouting Group. Our our group chat is in love with with Dwayne Eskridge. Again, you've heard it from Devin. Uh, you know, when we did our, our prospect rankings uh, podcast, God, a month or so ago, uh, you heard it from Eric Edholm when we had him on. You heard it from um, Connor Rogers when we had him on. Everybody just loves Dwayne Eskridge. Uh, the, the Draft Network's uh, Jordan Reed uh, put a, a thread, I believe, the other day of just some amazing, amazing plays that Dwayne Eskridge does. And again, he's not big. He's 5'9", 185 pounds, according to Western Michigan. But this is his first year playing the position because he was a corner before this. And you have a dude that is going to high point every football. If you throw it up, you would think that Dwayne Eskridge is like 6'3", 6'4", because he's just mossing defenders. But no, he's 5'9". But then when you throw it to him underneath, you can't keep up with him because he's 4'3", 3' speed. Uh, I tweeted out a couple of clips uh, as well as as our guy Tyler Fortas. Honestly, I think coming <laughs> coming into the week, he's a top 100 player. 
if he has a great senior bowl week and separates himself, could we be talking about Dwayne Eskridge as a top 75, top 50 player? I don't think that's far-fetched at this point because really after the top five, top six receivers, now with Olave leaving, now it kind of, op- kind of opens up a, a little room for someone to, to really rise up and, and sneak their way into that, that top 10 receiver category. So to me, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, he's definitely someone on my list that I think will uh, have a fantastic senior bowl week. And, you know, him going out and improving that he's not only just speed, but can combine that with route running and, some of the things he can do uh, with the ball in his hands, I think that will be uh, tremendous for his value. So I think we've moved from the th- away from teams saying, oh, he's not big enough. We're not going to draft him high. Teams want talent and speed. And he provides all all of that. You know, teams, I wouldn't be surprised if teams were high on guys like Elijah Moore, Jalen Darden, and Dwayne Eskridge. Those are three guys I think, they're kind of in a category of their own in terms of speed, uh, separate, uh, creating separation, and just doing whatever they want when the ball is in their hands. So Eskridge is definitely going to make a lot of money for the Senior Bowl week. And uh, if we want to just quickly name a few more players to watch out for, uh, for me, the Metric Felton, uh, UCLA running back, he's someone that I think could make a ton of money, can ha- have that kind of Antonio Gibson-type impact from the Senior Bowl. So He's someone uh, offensively I'm looking forward to looking at. Uh, Quinn Morris as well from Bowling Green. I think obviously Bowling Green is not anywhere near the amount of competition uh, compared to some of the, these other teams have played. And um, in addition to that, they their quarterback position was a revolving door, man. You know, seems like every other game they were starting someone new. Offense could hardly do anything. He has stat lines like three receptions for like 45 yards because – he only get three or four targets a game. So I think he's someone that can have a big week as well. Uh, James Wiggins, who I mentioned at the, the top of the show, he's someone that I like as a safety and, and think he could uh, really make a difference and, you know, show that he's not just a box safety. He can do a little bit of more in, uh, in coverage as well as, um, just being an all around player and not just being, uh, just a box player. And then finally, uh, Janarius Robinson. The edge out of Florida State has length for days. Someone that you uh, mentioned to me and someone that I, I definitely need to watch. And I was not disappointed. Got length for days, has a really, really high ceiling, but had a lot of untapped potential there at Florida State. So I expect the team to to swoop in and, and see what he brings to the table and uh, ultimately uh, get him to uh, a level where he's he's making plays on a down to down basis because he has so much inconsistency. He make you know, a sack in the next play, he's getting blown off the ball. So uh, someone that I think needs to have a big week and, and someone I'm excited to watch as well. I'm going to give you two names on defense that I think can make themselves a lot of money, Devin. First one is Ifitu Melifonwu, uh, the defensive back out of out of Syracuse. Some list him as a safety, some list him as a, as a corner. Honestly, I don't really think it matters. I think with a great week, he could – Honestly, come out of this as a top five at the position. 6'3", 195, smooth athlete, good week. I think that you could see him get ahead of guys like Elijah Molden, Asante Samuel, Greg Newsom, Sean Wade, Tyson Campbell. And then the other one, our guy, Cam Bynum. Obviously. Obviously Cam Bynum. 
Had to. For the brand. Friend of yeah. the show, Cam Bynum. Yeah, that that's big for the brand. You know, I knew he was going to be invited to the Senior Bowl when I watched his film over the summer. Uh, sitting down talking with him. You know, he's a great dude. Uh, very high football IQ. I think he's going to win a, some, uh, quite a few battles when he goes one on one with some of these receivers. I do worry, though, if he does have to go against Dwayne Eskridge, I am worried a little bit, you know, because Eskridge got some speed, man. I want to see that matchup. Man, I hope he I hope he's ready, man. Uh, I'm sure he's he's been training, you know, and and still uh, obviously keeping up with things, but. That's going to be a tough matchup, you know, but I think he'll fare well, especially against those those bigger body receivers. I think he'll fare well against Tylen Wallace, uh, Nico Collins, you know, players like that. I think he'll fare, fare really well in Austin Watkins even. Um, but, man, it, this is a really good senior bowl group. I'm excited to, to watch everything go down from the one-on-ones of the offensive line to the one-on-ones to the receivers and DVs, man. Should be a good week. Oh, yeah. So, again, we're not exactly sure when the next time we're going to be able to, you know, find some time to um, to record. But you will be hearing from us for sure next week, probably at least uh, two shows from us. But until then, guys, you can find me on Twitter at Mike H underscore draft. You can find Devin on Twitter at Real D underscore Jackson. Follow the show on Twitter at Big Shots Pod. Leave a review, you know, helps us, you know, helps us out. As mentioned in the pre-ad, use the Built Bar uh, Big Shots code 10% off, and we will see you next week.